2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The divine setup, God has already provided for all that we would ever need through his word. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. It is so good to be with you. Man, what a joy to be able to be Christians and to have the spirit of living God in our hearts and our lives in the midst of this generation. What a prime time for Jesus to be proclaimed. Amen. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying for our nation, for, for our city, for God to do what only he can do. And we, today we're going to talk about divine setups. And when I when I'm talking when I mention divine setups, what I'm saying is how God orchestrates our life and puts us in places and situations so that we can really get to where we need to be. That only He could have put those paths together, whether it be a person, an individual, whether it be a circumstance, whether it be whatever. We know that God put it together in order to get us or or to offer us what we need to get us where we need to be. The Lord knows what we need in order to get us where he wants us and plans for us to be. All the way throughout scripture, we see divine setups where the Lord places his people in the right places in order to prepare Him them for his purpose in their lives and for their lives. Now, as I was sharing, we we're doing the divine exchange, but I want to, I don't want to get too far ahead in my story of testimonies where I'm into current day events so I kind of paused the divine exchange at number seven but we'll pick it up but we were taught we got all the way to the testimonies of me and Bible college I want to begin to rewind just a little bit to when the Lord had called me to Bible college you remember the testimony about me and my cousin sitting in that, that parking lot of the church and how the Lord called me to the Bible college. I went and visited the Bible college and I was really concerned. And my cousin says, man, if the Lord called you to it, he's going to provide. And I told you that I had lost my job at that time. It was right after Christmas, the beginning of the year of 2002, no, 2003. And uh, I was unemployed. The Lord led me to start enroll at the community college. My sister said she'll pay for my books. And I said, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> a loving sister. God just used her in a mighty way. There's many other times as well. But at that time, when I went back to community college, the old company I used to work for, Fair and Services and Contracting, it's a local air conditioning company that does sheet metal duct work and uh, other things. But they, they, they called me and asked me to come back and work with them. Jim Flaherty, who was very important to me, and I really love him, um, he called me and says, hey, I saw where you were unemployed, and I want you to come and, and work back with us. And I said, man, what a, what a testimony, because when I worked with them before, you have to remember, I was a wild kid, man. I was partying all the time. I was an addict. I was, you know, I worked hard, yes. I was a hard worker. I showed up as much as I could, but there was a lot of times where there was anger issues. There was words that came out of my mouth. I wasn't one of the most enjoyable people to be around. And so they hired me back to work at the Halifax Remodel in Port Orange, a city near my hometown. And can you imagine the people that I was working with just over a year earlier and 
the ones that saw me that I had, you know, this addiction, I had this, this troubles, I had this anger, I was a completely different person than I was at that time that they rehired me. At the time that they rehired me, I had completely changed. God had radically transformed my life in a little over a year. I had got saved, and it was a completely different Sean Miles. And with that, the Lord had called me. To, I was enrolled at community college at nights. So I was a youth pastor. I had begun to experience supernatural deliverance in a lot of areas of my life with lust, pornography, addiction, you name it, God, anger. God just started taking a lot of things away from me, and I was completely different, and I wasn't done. God was continuing to grow me and teach me. So could you imagine how they how they viewed me or what they felt like and, you know, me coming back and seeing that it was a complete demonstration of the power of the gospel? You know, I mean, if they knew anybody that had ever been saved, they, they're eyewitnesses to what God done in my life and that I was saved. It was an unbelievable experience, uh, I can imagine. For me, it was as well to be able to testify to what God could do. So during that time when I went back, it was a set schedule. Every day, show up at the same time, same lunch breaks, same time breaks, same time uh, getting off every day. I had up to that point in, in construction, you don't have the same schedule every day. You don't get lunch at the same time every day. So to be in an environment where that was provided was really, you know, it was pretty awesome, actually. It was a time of preparation, and uh, I saw it as that. And during that time, I really began to get deeper and deeper in the knowledge of the Word of God. And it was in that time as well where I began to learn how to hunger and thirst for God's presence and His Word through prayer and fasting. And I learned to trust Him. The Lord, the Lord put with me a man that years earlier had came up to me when I was first started this company and working at the original Halifax in Daytona Beach. We we're on the sixth floor doing the remodel for the what is now the kids unit and uh, I was just starting out and I'd be man long nights every night was a long night and this electrician by the name of Henry Rivera would come up glowing like the noonday. It looked like he had a spotlight on his face every time. And he would come up and he was like, hey, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for your life. You know, and I'd be like, dude, you got to get away from me, man. What are you doing? You know, go work over there. Leave me alone. And I mean, almost every day, somehow, like a magnet, he would find his way over to me for the six months, seven months that we worked on that project. And he would be like, God's got a plan for you. I don't know what it is, but I'm praying for you. And I'm like, man, you got to leave me alone, right? And then the night before I had got arrested in uh, November, uh, November 2001, the night before I got arrested, that morning I uh, was at a convenience store. He was working at the Deland High School. I was at a convenience store getting coffee where most construction workers meet in the morning to get coffee. And I was going there to get coffee. He was going there to get coffee. He was walking out, and I was walking in. Again, long night before, and his face was shining like light. He says, you give your life to Christ yet? He's got a plan for you. And I said, man, you need to shut up, man. I was, I was not in the mood that day. And that night was the night that I had got arrested, and my life completely changed. And so he, up to that point, he had not seen me. 
And now, fast forward, you know, two years later, we're sitting in the, in the same parking lot together. I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm like, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. And he says, what's that? And I said, I gave my life to Christ. I'm, I'm a Christian now. I'm a believer. What? I mean, he was blown away at what God had done in my life. And so for the next year and a half, God began to use him before work, during work, lunch breaks, uh, coffee breaks, after work, to pour the word of God in me, to give me this hunger, this, this desire, really this faith to know God and to trust him at his word. This bold faith, this bold faith, he would say. And what we would study pretty much all the time was Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 through 9. It's the parable of the sower is what a lot of people calls it. But I think the importance of it is not the parable of the sower, but really the soil. And let's read it. Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. Then Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell amongst thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell among good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. So here, really, there's four different uh, objects or subjects that's involved in this situation, this parable. The first is the sower, the second is the seed, the third is the soil, and the fourth is the supernatural. Let me explain. The sower, as we would define the sower, in this parable, some scholars would say that it's obviously the son of man. The son of man would go sow and seed, and whoever's going to listen is going to listen, and God's going to bring them to, 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 to into his kingdom. But also, you would have to say that it's not just God that's the sower, but, you know, who else is God? It's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in the life of anyone who is sowing the word of God. So it's not just Jesus as the sower, but it's God himself as the sower through the life of Jesus. And also God as the sower through the life of his people. That God wants to use his people as sowers in the monks of their generations. So what is the seed? The seed, as Jesus says clearly when he defines this parable, as the word of God. See, it's the word of God that it doesn't look significant. It doesn't really look like it would do anything. But when it's in the right environment, in the right place, it does miraculous. <laughs> Hallelujah. That pumps me up. Then you have the soil. The soil, as Jesus reveals in the understanding of the parable, he, he reveals us the hearts of the people. He says, first of all, you have those whose hearts are like paths. They don't want nothing to do with it. Their life's too busy. They're going here and going there. Yeah, it gets there, but it doesn't take root. It doesn't do anything. The bird, the enemy comes and snatches that word up, and it never accomplishes anything. And it says also the rocky. Rocky places are those who, yeah, they will listen to this word. They will listen to it, but there's no root. There's no depth. They, they listen with skepticism. They listen with, 
with uh, with their own agenda, with, hey, what can I get out of it? Whatever it may be, it's a rocky soil of their heart, and there's no root. And it says that when the sun comes, it, it immediately dries that thing up, and it doesn't produce anything. And then there's hearts that that is like like the soil that's among weeds and thorns. Now, I had just had clear out some brush behind my mother's house where we were staying, and uh, I'm going to tell you, that was hard. You know, cutting down the, the trees and the tall branches was nothing. The vines, that was nothing. The underbrush, the, 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 that which was on the ground that, that covered the topsoil, the, the vines and the roots that just ate up the topsoil. Honestly, it was uh, up to six inches on top of the topsoil. And to remove that, <laughs> that was hard. That was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. But what that, what all of that vegetation, what all those weeds and thorns had did was they choked out any life of something that could be reproduced or something that could be fruitful. And Jesus says, so is the cares and the concerns and the worries of this world. When this heart, it has the... Hey, there's soil there. Hey, there's a desire there. Hey, they want to hear. But the cares, the concerns, the worries of this world chokes the life out of the Word of God, and it uh, is unable to produce. And I honestly believe that there's so many Christians, brothers and sisters in the Lord, that God has been sowing his word so richly in your heart, so richly in your life, but you're allowing... I allow the cares, concerns, and the worries of this world to choke, to clamp that word down where it doesn't produce what God knows it could produce and desires for it to produce in our life. And then there's the last one, which is the good soil. That good soil is the one that's been cleared, that's been prepared, that's ready for the seed. And it's in that soil that Jesus says it produces a supernatural crop. Now listen, a great return on the harvest is tenfold. If a farmer ever got a tenfold crop, they're shouting for joy. They got the biggest party. They're the loudest people. They're dancing and singing the the longest because that's a good crop, a tenfold crop. But Jesus says here, That when this seed, this word of God gets in the heart that's prepared for the word of God to receive it by faith, that it produces a supernatural crop. It has a supernatural return, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. There's no room for failed fruit. There's no room for normal gains. When God is involved, it goes beyond the natural ability. Now here, there's a, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, but there's some things that we can't change. We can't change the sower, we can't change the seed, and we, we can't even change the crop or the return. The only thing that, that changes in this is the soil, the hearts of men. And really, that's the only thing that we as individuals can personally impact or change. The way that we receive the Word of God, the way that we hear the Word of God, the way that we trust the Word of God. When we trust God and His Word, when we receive His Word with faith, 
God is able to do supernatural things in our life. That word is able to meet all of our needs and to prepare us for every good work. Hallelujah. My friend Henry and I would sit in that car, man, at lunch break and at break time and before work and after work, and we would pray, we would sing, and we would read the word and pray again. Man, we would. But this verse, we would always, I mean, we spent a lot of time in this parable. This is one of Henry. You talk to Henry today, he would he was like, this is, I'm going to tell you, 30, 60, 100 for God's word provides and produces. <laughs> man, I love him. And and. He would tell me, keep going, keep sowing. You don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God's going to, how God's going to use that word. You keep sowing that word in people's heart. You keep a pure heart to receive the word of God and you watch what God does. Be like Johnny Appleseed, throwing seed here and throwing seed there. Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> he kept saying this parable over and over again because it's the truth. God's word does not return void. God's word does produce supernatural results in the life of the one who, who's prepared their hearts to receive it by faith. The problem is not in the seed nor in the sower, or, but the ground in which it lands. And this is where we, like I said, we can do something about it. Prepare our hearts to receive it by faith. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face, you, you got to know him. And in knowing him, you're going to trust him. And you're going to trust that he is faithful. One who said it will do it. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, it says, I, he says, I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. The Apostle Paul is saying, look, to know Jesus is to trust him. Paul has surrendered his life to Jesus and in the meanwhile had endured some hardships and persecutions that didn't always understand. Yet here Paul confirms, I might not know what I'm going through or understand what I'm going through, but I know Jesus and to know him, yet you trust him. So you got to know him. You got to know him. You got to know his word. You got to allow that word to get in you. Get that word in good soul of your heart and watch it produce life. Watch it prepare you for all that he would have you prepared for. The Lord brought Brother Henry in my life to sow the seed of salvation and then years later to sow the seed of faith and fire. You see, after I surrendered my life, I felt called to go to New Heights, to go to the Bible college, to do this or to do that. But it was all so far out of my league, out of my level of comfort or normalcy. That time with Brother Henry was a time of preparation. It was a divine setup. Think about all the places we could have been working. Think about all that had to take place for us to be able to be in those cars on that site for a year and a half. So I can learn to hunger for Jesus, hunger to know him, so that learning to know him, I would trust him. See, one day during lunch, we were had both had been fasting for a couple of days, and we were praying and really seeking the face of God. And I mean, God's presence was strong in that car. It was so powerful. And the Lord used Brother Henry. He just looked at me, and, and it got quiet. And he says, God's going to enlarge your borders. He's going to bring you to places you never thought you would go. 
And he's going to use you to preach to the nations. An international ministry, Sean. And I remember that. I remember sitting in that little car thinking, this guy's lost his mind. I've never been out of the land. I have a small youth group that I just started. How? How is he going to accomplish that? And 17 years later, here I sit, having preached to nations around the globe, having an international ministry where we serve as missionaries to the nation of Vietnam. We train national pastors and leaders. What Henry saw that day was God's seed of purpose for me. What I had that day was a heart filled with good ground. Every day of our life, we have to hunger for Jesus. We have to thirst for his word. We have to know him. For knowing him is trusting him. And trusting him and his word brings a supernatural return. 30, 60, 100 fold. Never in a million years would Brother Hender had known that the 18-year-old dropout hungover addict who was so angry at life in the world, doing construction as an AC company, would be the man that 17 years later would become a doctor of ministry, serving in a closed nation where generations would be impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ for generations to come. Truly, we we never know. We just sow. And we trust God and His Word to give the supernatural results. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. His Word produces and provides all we will ever need so the man or woman of God will be adequately equipped for every good work. Only one thing you and I can change. Not the sower, not the seed, not even the return. Only the soul of our hearts in which it is sown. So today, Lord, could you repeat that? Today, Lord, in knowing you, I trust you. I trust your word. You are faithful. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name. Divine setups are not just things that we can blink at and overlook kind of like you listening to this word today in your situation in your circumstance whatever you're dealing with struggling with overcome by his word has the answer if you would just prepare your heart to receive it by faith let me pray with you father we love you and i just pray god in jesus name that the ministry of your Holy Spirit would comfort, strengthen, heal, and deliver. And Lord, as you promised, all who would call upon you would be saved. Lord, you don't turn anyone away that, that turns to you. For your word says that everyone who trusts in you, who turns to you, would not be ashamed. And God, I just pray that even now that you would not only refresh and renew, but you would revive a hunger and a thirst for us to know you. For knowing you, Lord, is trusting you. And knowing that your word provides all that we would ever need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you all the way. Talk to you again soon on Sean and the Word.